Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to The Breakdown. We're sitting down once again with Pastor Nick for another episode where we just sit down, we discuss, we rabbit trail, we we do whatever. It's it's a dangerous thing to put a mic in front of two I pastors. I think it's, I think the guardrails are there are no guardrails. <laughs> I think the only thing that it's ever been is it's never just been like us just hanging out, talking about nothing uh, of significance like yeah. it, it is always about spiritual things yeah we've never just turned the mics on for an hour and just talked yeah but that's kind of yeah even if we talk that is kind of what we do <laughs> but we always steer it to like hey how knowing that uh the body and and others listen to it and it's like hey if i had one podcast uh, one moment, one opportunity of a lifetime. Sorry, I'm I, I was Eminem. literally getting ready to start quoting Eminem. <laughs> I, I want to lose myself and find Christ <laughs> in me. You know, like that's one of those like evangelism yeah, in the. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's always kind of I I appreciate it because it's one of my favorite things. So like anybody that knows me, I I do enjoy the apologetics discussions. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always been big on, Hey, if you have questions, I think there's good answers out there and at least good responses. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was, you know, Q and R. I always just say, go ask God. You go ask God. If you have questions, go ask the Lord. Go ask him, see what he says. Um, And then the other thing is like, I just like discussing life and faith. I I do too. You know what I mean? Like just wherever. and, And it doesn't matter where we're at take any of the 66 books of the bible we we could we could read like if we like hey next week i want you to read through esther and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it you know the only book of the bible that does not mention the name of the lord sorry did you know that does not mention the name of god in esther really does not and some people struggle with that they're like why is it in the bible well you know there's there's also god's chosen people Mm -hmm. you know and it shows the preservation but like we could sit down this week all right hey go read esther we'll come back and and we could let that be our jump start and just dive into but there would be parts there you know that could speak into our life today and no matter where we're at in the word it's applicable yeah it's it's uh it is what's the word i'm looking for starts with an i think it starts with an r but it, it is relevant to your everyday life repentance no relevant. respectable R- relevant relevant oh, relevant <laughs> starts with an r <laughs> he pulled up the dictionary <laughs> good night rabbit um that's a great new descriptor for the breakdown what so like the breakdown conversations about life and faith about life and faith dang because that's what it is like we've always talked about like our rabbit trails guys you heard it first on the breakdown my one good idea i had this year well, it only we'll see took you next until year. it <laughs> only took until October. To, you We're know, not whatever. Really sure what we've done for um, <laughs> what have we been doing till then? So t- uh, today's a special episode, special because the mics on our face, we can call whatever episode that oh, we want you special. Me special? Um, no, like not that. in that context. <laughs> um, so today is special, different uh, as we are recording this. Uh, we are recording this. Very we good. actually good job, are recording a week ahead yeah. because when this gets released. Um, what is next week, but when you're hearing it for the first time live will be today. Yeah. Uh, you will not be here. I'll be gone. You Rapture, be, baby. You, <laughs> no. <laughs> to a place called vacation. Rapture meets caught away to vacation. Yes. You guys are going on vacation. Going on the vacay. What's the thing you're most excited about? Not looking at you. No. <laughs> So what well, that's to- uh, episode twenty-three of the breakdown. We'll catch you guys next week without Pastor Nick. Oh, Ashley always asks me, "What's it like working with your best friend?" I said, "Honey, I don't know. We don't work together." She's like, Good "Shut answer. up." You know what I mean? Good answer. <laughs> uh, Great answer. The one thing that I'm looking. Okay, so it's a longer-ish story, and it's and there's actually quite significance to it. We got nothing but time. Nothing but time. So our son is eighteen. Time's up. Too long. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this jerk. No. So our son's 18 and our youngest daughter is eight. So I was looking at Ashley and I said, um, you're beautiful. No, I was looking at Ashley and I Good said, start. we only have really just probably a couple, three years left where it's just dating. Yep. Before there's like a uh, 
uh, a r- discussions of a ring mm, yeah. uh, discussions of I'm I'm fully gonna go and be completely yeah. independent like you know we're, we just graduated still living at home it's a it, we're in a good season I said but like th- there's a there's a a quick expiration date to that yep. season and I said in in Emmy our youngest daughter she's eight she's old enough to remember big events yep. you know this is and you know because some people like okay we talked about some parenting last week let's talk about some parenting this week which is weird to say because that was like two hours ago <laughs> um so last week we were talking another parenting thing i would throw out there for you if you're a parent of young kids uh going on the big fun vacations when they're little and they don't remember it mm. is a waste of time yep and a waste of your money save that just you, you could you just Go to the lake. Yeah. You know, they're going to have the same amount of fun. They don't understand. Oh, we're in Florida. We're at Disney World. Like you could go to the lake and and buy five Disney stuffed animals and they're going to have the same amount of fun. Yeah. And a lot of times, this is going to sound really bad, parents want to take their little kids on vacation like that because they want that pride feeling of yeah. that excitement. Like yeah. you're paying to see your kid get excited. Yeah. And it's like, wait until they're older and they can remember it. To then, appreciate it. To appreciate yeah. it. And then go on some of those bigger trips. Like, because there is nothing more stressful than like uh, out of state travel with infants and babies and toddlers you know like what we just did like a month ago yeah exactly it was awesome yeah it was great but it was it was more what you guys wanted to do you weren't planning this big vacay because you wanted to take the girls to the poconos have so much yeah yeah like because they told us they got up one day and said poconos like pocono daddy pocono (laughs) so so i was telling ashley that and she's like i don't know and like and again like we're not flying to paris like yeah we we know the season we're in we're flying to Belgium. State. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> amsterdam red light district um and so we were we were thinking through that and uh two young girls on the gymnastics team mm-hmm. that emmy and kaylin are on my, two of my daughters uh, they lost their dad mm-hmm and that was, and these and these two girls, just beautiful, wonderful, hilarious. One of them super sarcastic. I love it. Um, and they stayed like they spent days with us yep. because that's all they just wanted to hang out with our kids. And it's like absolutely, and like even seeing my oldest daughter minister and comfort some of the younger ones. Like one time we were sitting at dinner, and the the youngest daughter she didn't want to sit there. And, and I honestly believe it was my presence. Cause like I'm dad, mm. she lost her dad. Yeah. And so Kaylin kind of whispered over to her like, Hey, do you, do you just want to go lay down or something like that? She's like, yeah. So Kaylin took her to her room. They laid down in bed next to each other and Kaylin just held her and they cried and talked about her dad. That's cool. And it was like, oh. so we went through that and Ashley looks at me and she was like, let's go. Let's, you know, everything else we can get more of. We don't have more time. Yeah, you only have, yeah. Yeah. And so still great friends with this family. They're wonderful. And, and, but it was, it really was a, not a wake up call, but just like, why are we not taking advantage of every opportunity? It's a great reminder. Just it, that. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward. Just, it's the six of us and there's nothing wrong with, you know, they, they eventually going to have like a, a, a super serious significant other like we're aiming in that direction mm-hmm. but yeah you know they're, they're eventually they're hopefully going to get married and it's going to be different and that's not going to be bad you know like my Just dynamics are going to change my in-laws love me and you know i'm the life of the party you know i think they actually like me more than they like their daughter that's what i tell myself <laughs> about mine i know it's not true no. but i don't th- i don't think they listen to the podcast so i can i can talk about them like that i gotta be careful because yours does my, mm-hmm. Hi, my mother-in-law how you doing Jane? so but it's just the six of us we're able to get away and i feel like the church is in a really good spot so i don't feel like i'm walking away from a storm and then like i'm gonna try to fake not being distracted you just walk away as you watch it burn down yeah exactly that's not where it's I'm at out. because there was a uh we we've talked about this personally there was a line a uh, couple leadership church leadership guys were talking and they said no amount of time off 
will fix. ever fix it if it's how you spend your time on. Because yep. so many times, like, and I don't even think that has to be church ministry. That could be any work thing. Like, if you are in an unhealthy culture, if you are not leading well, you're not dealing with the problems that you need to deal with, you're not having those hard conversations, you're not making tough decisions. Like, if you're trying to avoid all that and put your head in the sand and hoping the storm passes over and you're just like, oh, I just need to go on a vacation you're only going to come back to the exact same thing. Like there's You'll no enjoy vacation, but the reality still yeah, exists. It's not going to fix your, that burnout, the feelings yep. of like it, no amount of time off will ever fix how you spend your time on. And, and so I feel like we're in a good spot. So it's not like I'm, we're not running from anything. It's not, I'm not burning out. I just, it's good from a place of health. Cause how many people try to go on vacation from a, place of unhealth try to fix like yes. i'm unhealthy i need to get healthy like yeah, vacation yeah, yeah. Fix so it. i feel yeah. like we're we're stepping into this vacation from a place of health yeah and it's only good and it's more about what we're going to go and do and what we're what we are stepping into not what we're stepping yeah. away from you know because that's the other thing is like it doesn't even we wouldn't even have to go anywhere just being at home and just doing life for a week or so without i couldn't do that you know being at church like i yeah. that would be great so so yeah we're on vacation and so yeah we had to get real creative on because the last time we took a week or three off for the breakdown <sighs> I'm I'm still healing up from the crucifixion wounds. Sorry, I'm twitching. He's twi- can't see. <laughs> People, uh, would you say uh, when we were recording last week's like there there is power here? I didn't guys. realize how much power we had. Oh, People lose their ever-loving minds. <laughs> which oh, I just Do you remember the first time the first few that we recorded these it was like nobody's going to listen to this. I do. I remember like, like I remember walking doing? your office like we kind of been having this conversation for yeah. months of like launching something. Yeah, like, like hey, I you know kind of out of the online ministry i wanted to do a life group but i'm like i'm covid destroyed zoom I, yeah. we're not a church where yep. you know i could sit with 50 people and have a life group online yeah. that's just not going to work and then facebook just seems so impersonal and like yeah. hey pop a question up yeah so it's like what is that in between that that was a good use of our time that could facilitate both on campus and online people and so i'd reached out to a couple people and it was did i ever tell you where the idea came from i thought i think i did no, I don't know if I know this. So the uh, oh, we're finding this out together. Twenty-two episodes the into breakdown, season two. The breakdown <laughs> nation, along with me, we're finding. Where did this idea come so from? So my wife and I please love. Please be good. Please um, nothing be bad. Oh, it's bad. So <laughs> I was driving past a street club, <laughs> and I had a great idea. And I had a great. How idea. do I no. redeem this? Yeah. How do you, um. So when we go on vacation, yeah, Lund and I. Lun and I love true crime podcasts. All right, hold on. Let me pause that. Can you don't don't lose your thought? Okay. Let me explain to everybody listening. <laughs> this is the most sick and twisted and demented <laughs> thing ever. Like when Jerron has like a list of like tasks, so like maybe he needs to rearrange, rewire something. Like he's setting things up in the studio. He'll just put a true crime podcast on and just go to work and he's he's just doing now, a bunch of, no, i'm not done yet okay you will walk in because you got something you got to say to him or like hey like we're gonna go grab lunch do you want anything you'll walk in and all you'll hear and she and she denied slowly stabbing him in the heart with this 47 times jo- yeah and it's like what are you listening you to? came in one day i try okay i try not to listen to them because they're not like they'll they'll like they curse in them, you know, or they'll, they'll play, you know, audio, whatever. Yeah. So I try to do that first thing in the morning when <laughs> yeah, I've got a too. project or in the afternoon when, you <laughs> I know, pray first thing <laughs> in the morning, you sicko. But I remember Nick came in one time to do something and there was like one of those moments he walked oh. in and we're having a conversation all of a sudden you're like, what are you listening to? And I was like, scariest thing I've ever it heard. Scary. Cause it's not even like, Oh, that's, you know, a Stephen King fiction. So these are like so true I, stories. Yeah. Like, this is like, this really happened to some dude. And, two weeks ago and you're over here just like exploiting it for your entertainment no, all, right. all right so uh true crime true crime podcast on vacation so we we get i am definitely not listening to that on my vacation i'm gonna tell you that that's right fine. now it's like a fun thing for us like the girls will put in she has like she'll put her you'll do this in. for the girls too no. <laughs> a little sweet latent in the no. back stab him again <laughs> sucker <laughs> <laughs> like that's my girl. everybody in the church is we like oh your kids are so house. sweet it's like yeah. if you only knew <laughs> yeah don't give them a knife um so the girls will watch we'll put a dvd in they'll mm-hmm. watch and then so we'll listen Those sweet to girls podcasts. have no idea they what's have gonna no happen. idea what's listening, what we're listening. so i 
thought podcaster this like wildly popular we get really excited when we see the notification it's like oh we stopped in the middle of finding out what's going on and so for me it was like that's the greatest thing we could do see i thought it was going to be a fad everybody's like start a podcast start a podcast you should podcast and i was like i thought it was a fad i think the the it will be a fad in the rageness of it like i think there'll be a point where like podcasts will die and i think we're seeing some of that with like reels and tiktok where we're back to like it was youtube and the vlog culture then it went to podcast because then all these youtubers were then podcasting and now Excuse podcasters me. are going back to the YouTube. And now, yeah, now yeah. podcasters like us, they're yeah. podcasting, but they're also doing the video component. Yeah. And so that's... And it only makes sense because we can record, we can do this one time and put it on multiple different platforms. Content for every platform. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's where the... That's where it came that's from. That's where the idea came from was... Listening to somebody commit murder... And I thought, how could I read? I wasn't listening the to somebody commit murder. I listened to the Jesus. the post process of them committing murder. And she stabbed him forty seven times. Lord, is that what you want from me? The Lord spoke to me and said, "Hey, I got a brilliant <laughs> idea for you, <laughs> you to redeem something." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Because um, what's funny is I I tried to launch one even before I came here. I remember you asking, yeah, because I, I made a uh, intro for it. Yeah, and well, no, 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 no. Even before I came to Calvary. Oh, I had one. Oh, I remember you telling me sitting in the van yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I would because I had no studio. I had, <laughs> I had no Duran in my life, right? And had so, you record those before? Yeah, you ready? This is how I recorded this. This, this is great. This is this is genius one hundred and one. You know who told me to do this? Logan. Well, that makes sense. Okay, so you, he, he knows who I'm talking about right there. And shout out to Logan. You know who you are. Uh, soccer and Star Wars is horrible. Anyway, so inside joke there. So we, he said, hey, just record it on your phone. Just And this is before I had like AirPods. So I had like the wired up headphones with the Let's little mic go. that was on the wire. And I would get in our van in the garage. Almost sounds kind of suicidal. I didn't start the van. <laughs> but I would be in the garage, in the Actually's van. like, babe? Yeah, to try to get as much sound dampening from my crazy life. <laughs> and I would sit in there. My very first episode, it sounded like I was talking to Jake from State Farm in the <laughs> middle of the night. I'm like, hi, guys. It's Pastor Nick here. What's she wearing? Who is that? <laughs> it's Jake she from sounds State horrible. Farm. What's she wearing? That's how I was Khakis talking. Khakis and a polo. Yeah. She sounds hideous. So I did one, and I sent it to Logan, and he's like, dude. Quit whispering. You got to be normal and just talk. <laughs> like, I know it sounds funny because I was in the hardest part was I was by myself. Oh, that's the worst. That was the worst. This is why we don't do podcasts or we pre-record them. Yes, like, because to be up here by yourself, it's just like it's the, the you worst. can, but it's horrible. It's like this crazy monologue. Yeah. And and I think that's why we for me, at least I've been uh, like and we just like, hey, put it in our schedule. We're going to record it. But it helps so much having someone across the table to talk. And it's like, oh. So, yeah, that was my first one. And and I probably did a dozen episodes. But I think I read this. Or saw it. Or saw it. Or saw it. Whatever. Something. Yeah. Wherever we get content from. <laughs> if you look at all the Apple podcasts. Yeah. Like 90% of them. If you want to be in the top 10 podcasts, you just have to have more than one episode. Consistency. Like 75, yep. 80, like a high percent only have one episode. Mm. And then past that, take those that have more than one, like nobody really gets past a dozen. So I like just how hard it is to do. Yes. And the, the creating the content was the hardest thing I found. That was when I was trying to do my own. That was the most difficult part where for us doing the breakdown, the content's there. Like I've already wrote the sermons I've studied the, and then we let that be the diving board and we just, just let our little heart desire go wherever go it wants there. to go. So, so this is unique because normally we were talking about this. Yeah. I didn't know if you were going to bring it up. So we are recording, but normally on the breakdown, we break down Sunday sermon. So we look backwards and we talk look, about what was said. Yeah. And this one's different because so this one, we're looking forward to what will be said. It's like, we know the future almost prophetic. <laughs> Some people are probably like, okay, how do you, so I like when you come in on a Sunday morning yep. and we have service that sermon, like Thursday's my sermon prep day. That's, that's when I dedicate yep. a whole day to sermon prep. Now, if I'm like today, if I didn't have something going on, I'll, I'll pull it out and, Just, and, yep. and, and start working on sermons or whatever. So, but I, I prep weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. So the sermon that you will hear Sunday, that was written probably three, four weeks and ago. And it's been marinating. 
It's been marinating. So it's, you know, because again, God's word's God's word. Yeah. Like the book of James has been around for a minute and it still has said the exact same thing. Not an hour, but a minute. the only thing that's really changed is how does it apply to us? Mm. So, so for the book of James back in, you know, the 1700s, yeah, that, the book of James was needed. Yeah. And it is today. Now it's going to be applied differently just because of how life was different, at least things like that. But God's word's God's word. And so some people are like, oh, you can't do that. You're erasing the spirit. And it's like the Bible speaks far more about preparation than it does about chaos and spontaneity. Yeah. Right? Spirit doesn't do well on a Saturday night before <sighs> Sunday morning. Not at all. Not at all. Right. So, so we're prepped ahead and you always have, uh, you and our worship leader have all of my notes ahead mm-hmm. of time, one for the podcast and, and then Luke picks, he'll look through my notes, he'll read the passages and that's kind of what he, that's in part what he uses to pick songs. Is that why last week's worship set was so weird? Cause last week was talking about the prostitute, just some, well, what some song? of the song questions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, how many worship songs do we have in the church that talk about the great prostitute? <laughs> the like, dragon or devour the her, or let right? her flesh burn and die. <laughs> Throw Seven her bowls into of the, God's yeah, wrath. Like, like <laughs> we need to rewrite it. We're yeah. gonna. We need to. Oh, we should have our worship team write a worship <laughs> album based on Revelation. <laughs> Sorry. Rabbit, if you rabbit have the mark, you all are going to die. If you have <laughs> the mark, 666. Six, six. That's the most vocally singing you'll ever get from me. Ever. Right there. That, ever. Ever. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So looking, we're looking forward. So what are we Sunday, looking forward to? Sunday, you. Uh, yeah, this is so weird to do because I have to I know. talk like... We're past. Yeah. So Sunday, well, the cat's out of the bag. They know. Yeah. They know. So we don't need to. So we'll it. just act as if. So Sunday, you talked about Revelation 18, yeah. um, and we looked at Babylon. Yeah. So, but in 17 was the fall of religious Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know, and now we're going to see the fall of <laughs> political or economic Babylon. So I'll be very interested at. <laughs> how do I say this? How many people you tick off? Let's just broad brush it. What's the over under on this? What do we think? Uh, like a let's just go percent. One. You think ninety nine to one will get ticked off? Uh, I I would say I'd say more than fifty percent of people convicted or ticked off. There's a difference. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. I'm sticking with my number. Okay, ninety nine to one. Fifty percent of the people will get upset. I uh, yeah. Because you read through my notes, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think uh, there's some identity things that are going to hit a chord where people yeah. are offended because yeah. it's like their identity is wrapped in that. And it's like, mm-hmm. you need to lay that down. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, you ever hear those stories when somebody is diagnosed with cancer, right? And they go in for surgery. And I've heard this a few times. So let's say it's whatever organ. And the cancer is just so wrapped around their heart, their lung, their pancreas, whatever, that there's nothing the doctors can do. It's Cause just more so inter- image to, and yeah. they just they just close them up and say, "You might recheck your bucket list." Yeah, you know, because you're bring on bring that puppy out. Yeah, you're on you're on borrowed time. You're on limited time. I honestly believe when we talk about the fall of this economic Babylon, w- what we need to do is is open up our chest cavities look at our hearts and see how entangled sin is around our heart Mm. now here's the beautiful part we have the great physician who will never just close us up and say there's nothing that i can do you're beyond hope yeah there is hope there is an answer and and again we're not talking about a salvation issue we're talking about a sanctifying issue Mm mm-hmm Will we allow the surgeon to cut away the things that are mm-hmm. causing death mm-hmm. into our lives, right? Um, and and that's the difference between living a committed life as a mm-hmm. Christian and living a surrendered life. Ooh. So we 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 take our hearts and we lay them in the surgeon's hands mm-hmm. and say, Lord, whatever you see in me whatever unclean thing search me and know my heart Mm -hmm. psalms would say david would say that search and know my heart if you find anything i'm surrendered to you and i need you to do heart surgery on me now what i'm hoping sunday 
uh, has produced, saying it past tense as if I've already preached it, will produce, because I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> right? What I'm hoping Sunday produces in us is the awareness of it. Yeah. Because, like, I had to go to the doctor because I knew I had symptoms of something. I didn't know the fullness, but I knew something wasn't right. Yeah. I'm hoping Sunday there is a, a warning light on the dashboard of our lives in every one of us to say, something is not there. Mm -hmm. Something is not surrendered that needs to be surrendered. And so Sunday uh, will be, has, it, it's going to be very little of actual, like we're not going to geek out on Babylon. Yes, I believe there will be a future city that Antichrist will build on the river Euphrates. Obviously, we can point forward to the drying up the Euphrates. There's some, uh, that's going to be an event to help fulfill prophecy. Um, we could talk about all that stuff. But the, the line that I wrote, and I have my notes here, you know, because it, it is different even for me of not preaching this yet. You know, Babylon for me is everything that man desires without any thought of God. Power, greed, success, entertainment, pleasures, desires. It, it's going to be L.A., Sin City, Washington, D.C., New York. It's going to be all the great cities that you would love to visit you know, in the sense of entertainment and vacation, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be everything. But for me, what we see in Babylon is what does man desire without any thought of God in his heart or in his life? And so the question, because, okay, Nick, well, we as the church, we're not going to be living in this time. So what's that matter? So the question um, for Sunday isn't, am I living in Babylon? Mm -hmm. Which some people ask, is America Babylon? I don't think it is, but I do believe a lot of Americans will love the idea of Babylon, mm -hmm. right? So the question isn't, am I living in Babylon, but is Babylon living in me? Because mm. anytime something replaces Christ on the throne of our hearts, that is a cancer mm -hmm. and that is Babylon. And it doesn't matter what it is to you, what it is to me, what it is to the 99% of people, 100% of people in our church whoever we're going to tick off, whatever it's going to be, it, it's going to be different for each and every one of us, but it's still Babylon. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you have uh, brain cancer, lung cancer, leukemia, breast cancer. It doesn't matter. You have cancer. cancer. And so whatever is sitting on the throne of our hearts, it doesn't matter what it is. And there's so many times that we in the church always want to say, well, my cancer is different than their cancer. So it's not that big of a deal. And the whole time, we should be living surrendered under Christ. And he's looking at us saying, there's cancer sitting upon your heart and mm -hmm. it is killing you and it is destroying you. And what's that? It's, it is Babylon. And that's where I hope we can. So, cause the first thing you have to do is recognize that. Yeah. If there's no recognition of it and we're just fooling ourselves, what are we doing here? If we can't be honest with ourselves and say, Oh, I, I don't have much Babylon in me. No, Jesus is completely on the throne of my heart. Yeah, uh, Paul, y you would uh, verbally be living such a greater life than even what Paul would say. Paul struggled. Say something. Yeah, Paul would be saying like, "No, I am the chief of sinners." Yeah. And why? Why do I keep doing the things that I don't want to do, and and I don't do the things that I want to do? Like I am a wretched man. Mm -hmm. You know. So for us to say, ah, "I don't think there's much Babylon in my life." That's because you're so blinded. You don't even know that it's Babylon. You think it's just this or that. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. And it's like, no, 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 there's some Babylon living in there. So I think the first step is like really just kind of recognizing the Babylons in our heart and our life. And like, what are those? And, and here's the thing as Christians, we always want to run straight to sin issues, mm -hmm. but you know, what did Paul say? This is in Philippians three, I believe I'm turning. I heard uh, David Platt, he has a great sermon on this. Um, and he talks about the treasures of the wasted life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard, it's him preaching through Philippians, but he gets to Philippians three and, and he gets to this. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, you know? So this is Philippians three, starting like verse four. He goes, so if you want to go toe to toe and you want to stack resumes, mm -hmm on self-righteousness, like, let's go. 
you, I will win every time he says, and he goes circumcised on the eighth day, a people of Israel, a tribe of Benjamin, a very specific tribe there, a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee. He knew the law zeal, a persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Mm -hmm. Those aren't bad things. And so uh, Platt takes that and he's like, how do you look at that today? You know, you, you come from a good family heritage, you know, so, so many people, I grew up in a good Christian family. So church attendance, church involvement, what you do with your tithes and your offerings, or your giving, like those are all good things. Mm -hmm. But the moment we take good things and replace the greatest thing, it's become an evil thing. Yeah. It's become a Babylon, you know, and that's where, so Paul continues on and he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. You know what the true word for rubbish is there? No. Oh, can I cuss? On no, the you cannot. Can I? What's the Greek word? <laughs> <laughs> the translation uh -huh. would be a four-letter word that starts with shh, and then that one movie about a clown named it <laughs> that's what the word would be like there's bible translators <laughs> that they blush a little bit because they don't do you like how i did that didn't you he's over here giggling right um, there's Bible translators. They, they almost kind of blush. It's like, why would Paul use such, like he was using a derogatory. This is dirty diapers. This is rubbish. This is refuse. This is poo, but he's not talking about sin. He's talking about good things, mm -hmm. but he was putting his hope in them. He goes, I need to count them as loss. Now, now the crazy thing is if you look at Paul's life, he used all of those things in different seasons yeah. and he played those cards, you know, like his Roman citizenship. He didn't walk around like, you can't touch me, I'm a Roman. But the moment that he could use it to help advance the kingdom, to advance the gospel, he did. And so all those things were useful to him, but he didn't put his hope in them. His hope was in Christ. And so the same way, the moment we put our hope in anything else other than Jesus, it's Babylon. It's sin. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, and, and again, be like, Nick, that might be a little bit harsh. Good. Good. How, how harsh do you think the cross was to Jesus? And then again, why are we trying to soften our sin? The yep. very thing that put Jesus on the cross. It's like we, <clears throat> it's like we always want to dilute the cross or forget about mm. it, even though it's so representative, like in our Christian culture, it's hard to not, I mean, we have a cross in our church. We wear cross jewelry. We like mm -hmm. it's all over the place, but it's it's almost like this thing that we proudly wear, both figuratively and literally. Yeah. But it, I don't think we fully stop and put ourselves in the situation to understand the the extremeness yeah. of the cross. Yeah. Like Rome invented the cross. <laughs> as the worst kind of torture. Oh yeah. Like crucifixion was the worst way to die. It's where you get the word excruciating. So if you say you're in excruciating pain, it, that word literally means out of the cross, from mm. the cross. Like I'll never we use had, that word again. We had to invent a word to describe the amount of pain mm -hmm. that you would go through if you were crucified. It's like a man cold okay. compared to a woman giving birth. It's excruciating pain. <laughs> Sorry. That's two. We're having this like this really serious moment. That's two. That's two. Man, we're only like two minutes into this thing. <laughs> we're 33 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> but who's counting? And so, and, and I think we need to recognize it. And then a part of the recognition for me is... It's not that the, the need of our hearts to find hope, fulfillment, purpose, um, and, and even pleasure, like none of those are bad things, mm -hmm. but it's how Satan uses those God-given mechanisms in us, counterfeits them, manipulates mm -hmm. them for evil. Those are good, 
we need to look at and understand like our hearts were created for worship. Our lives were created for worship. It's what we're worshiping. It's what we're putting on the throne of our hearts. And, and anytime that we put, and I love, I think this is a, a Paul trip ism that he talks about anytime that you put the creation in the place of the creator, mm-hmm. it's, that's always a failing equation. Yeah. And, and that's, what's hard is again, we always want to run to sin issues and be like, well, I'm not da, da, da. And it's like, but where are we taking something good and putting it in the greatest position? Mm-hmm. And that's where, so it's a recognition of that, but also knowing our hearts. And so, um, I think you, do you know, Bob Dylan actually, uh, was a believer for a while. I've heard that. Yeah. So he actually wrote two Christian albums um, and you can still find them. Really? And he, he, one of his songs is you're going to serve somebody. You're going to serve somebody. I feel like I've heard that song before. And, and what I know of, and don't quote me here, I'm not a a professional Bob Dylan historian, historian, is he walked away from his Christian faith because he couldn't justify the idea of a good loving God in the presence of evil because Mm. he lost a close friend and Mm. why would God let that happen? So he walked away from his faith, but like at the height of his career, like take one of the most influential, you know, music people today and uh, imagine them releasing Christian albums. That was Bob Dylan, you know, (laughs) but his song, you're going to, you got to serve somebody. Yeah. And that's because that's what we were designed for and, and how much more deceptive and vulgar, disgusting, just uh, icky (laughs) does that great word. Does that make Satan to say, you're going to take the very thing that God created, the very wiring that God created in me to manipulate it for your own Mm -hmm. good and for my destruction, you know? And so it's like, no, no, no. Yes. I was created for worship. Um, that's even what we were talking about in the last podcast, but that's where we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're going to worship something or someone, or that's not the question. It's your object of worship. Is it going to be a person? Is it going to be yourself? Is it going to be a position? Is it going to be whatever? But your, your heart was made for that. And what we've seen so much is that we, we get kidnapped. We get captured by Babylon. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about those that are lost and separated from Christ. I'm talking about good, well-intentioned followers of Jesus get kidnapped and captured by Babylon because, uh, you know, one of the things that I'll mention Sunday is think of the parable of the sower and he's throwing out seed. Some of the seed fell on soil with thistles and thorns and it knows it chokes out the seed. Mm-hmm. That's those who the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches is going to choke out the seed in their life. And it's like, how, how telling is that of the American church? Mm. Yeah. And so number one, recognize And then there has to be a repentance. There has to be a turn away from. So once you recognize, yeah, I've allowed Babylon to live in my heart in this area. All right. Then, then it needs to be a a part of repentance, but the, the kind of the ending that I'm going with and I, and I didn't mean to alliterate it. It just works that way. Recognition and repentance. Then the whole, I'm hoping where to land the plane or the plane lands. However, the end of the sermon to be resolved, Mm. It's such a word where like one of the lines that I wrote in the notes was the church doesn't need another reformation where, you know, we're getting away in bad doctrine and stuff like that. It needs a resolution. The church needs people that will be resolved in, which means we're going to be fixed in our decision regardless. Immovable. Immovable. Absolutely. Like that's what we need. And so, um, I say it in funny different ways, even said it last podcast, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go with Jesus on this one. I'm, I'm going to believe that he has better for my life and I'm going to be resolved in that position so that whenever, whatever little thing of Babylon comes knocking at my door, that looks 
I'm going to let Jesus answer the door. Yeah. You know, like, hey, that's for you, Jesus. You want to handle that one? And so we, uh, and I'm going to kind of talk about Daniel and how he resolved himself, even in the midst of literal Babylon, he did not live. He lived in Babylon. Babylon didn't live in him. Hmm. And so it's the same way. Like we're, we live in America, high amount of sin and brokenness and craziness that is going on. But how much of that is living in us? Mm. It, it's not where we live. It's what lives in us that I think has a greater impact. So that's where I'm kind of thinking to try to take this fall of Babylon. So instead of geeking out and, ooh, let me show you all these things in Babylon, which we could do. Yeah. But how is that going to edify and grow us closer to the Lord? This is where I'm going. So... So it's either going to be exactly that or nothing like that. <laughs> nothing like that. We'll see. Like, so what's today's Tuesday? The Lord could do a work in a four or five days. But like, I remember writing this and it was just like, ooh, because a lot of people ask me like, hey, what, how do you write your sermons? Or It's like, I just, I just write down the thoughts that the Lord's telling me. And then I sift through which ones are for me and which ones are for the body. Yeah. Because there's so many times that even up there on a Sunday, it's like, I'll have, this is, people think this is funny. I'll have conversations with myself as I'm talking out loud and conversations with the Lord as I'm talking out loud. And there's so many times the Lord will hit me and say, that one's for you. Don't say that. That one's for you. But it's so good, Lord. I know that one's for you. It's in my notes. I got to say that's yeah, for you. Yeah, it's for you. There that's it is. for you. So. No, that's good. That's what I'm going to talk about with the fall of Babylon because, um, if, if we can view the fall of Babylon that way, not literal Babylon that's going to be, you know, in the tribulation, but even the fall of Babylon in our own hearts, that makes 19 even sweeter talking about the marriage supper of the mm. Lamb. And that's why, yeah. that's why we need to follow Babylon in every one of us, you know. So that's what I got. That's where I'm going. I don't know what piques your interest there. Like what, oh. what, what do you think is going to be the... Because there's some sermons where you like it's super encouraging, and then there's some sermons that it's like it feels like a good encouraging one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna walk baby and like yes, oh, that's what I needed. God and, is good. And other times it feels like that that was a gut punch. Yeah. What do you think the part's gonna be for the congregation? I th I think kind of even playing off of last week, but depending on how you lay out the am I living in Babylon. Or is Babylon living in me? Mm. Um, I think if people are willing to to allow the Lord to do a work, yeah, um, and very um, microscopically look at their life, because we all have that. Yeah. Uh, the thing, the thing for me that I'm I'm wondering is, uh, even with somebody on the stage delineating it am I going to recognize it Ooh. or do I need to invite someone else into my life to say, Hey, you are so blinded by this. Yep. This has become the norm, the, the part of your everyday life, but this is so detrimental. And the crazy thing is, is it looks like such a good thing, Yeah, but it's slowly killing you. Yep. And that's what we have to understand. Like Satan, our enemy is the most cunning, deceptive, like, so like when you see something like let it be I love um, I like a good thief movie mm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. so like uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is Shawshank Redemption classic you know what I mean classic and and it's no matter how many times you watch it, it is still good when it goes back and shows you all the little things that everyone missed yep. for him to do this great thing of an escape, mm -hmm. right? Or thief movies are like that, where it's like all these little things and it's like, oh, like an Ocean's Eleven or something like that. Great. Like, you know what I mean? It's like how all, you stack all these little things up for this massive robbery mm -hmm. to happen or this great escape let it be shushing and and we have to understand that our enemy is even more deceptive than that that he's going to put these little things into our life where we're going to unknowingly or unwillingly address them and not even see the significance of them and he does though yeah and he's like just watch this we're just going to let it play out because if I can get this, this, and this, and let those play out, I know where the end goal is going to be. But they're never going to catch it. Yeah. They, 
because they're so subtle. Yep. And that's why tiny shifts in our life matter. Like, like if you're walking perfectly in a straight line, if you're off by a degree, I mean, in 10 feet, you're only going to be off like maybe a foot or something, you know, like I'm not great at you. hundred miles. Yeah. Walk a life that way. You're way off course. And you won't even know it until it's too late to yeah. turn around. And because it'll be hard to recognize when did I get off track? And you'll look back. Oh, was it last week, last month? Yeah. There's not a sharp turn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you got to go back years because like a leadership principle like we've talked about mm -hmm. this that was super challenging to me like within the context of church um is what is the good thing that the lord wants you to kill mm. because it's taking the resources that you need for the thing that's even better i didn't say bigger better yeah. um you know and more so yeah, yeah more effective and so you could play that you could play that out in the you know frog and boiling water yeah. analogy where it's like you take a frog and you put them in boiling water they're gonna jump right out you take a frog and you put them in Normal. tepid luke you know regular room temperature water and you slowly start heating it up that frog's gonna die because yeah. it doesn't realize it acclimates itself yeah. to that new temperature and by the time it's too late yeah he doesn't have the ability to jump out to get out yeah. and it's you know and so what are the things you know at a, at a personal level what are the things in my life that aren't inherently sinful and evil yeah. You know, but what is it that's distracting me from fixing my eyes on Jesus? Yeah. That's allowing, you know, it's the crack door that, that I think is a good thing. That's allowing the space for something way down the road, Yeah, you know? And so, so for me, I, I'm hoping Sunday that there is obviously for some going to be that very jarring, very mm. quick, very easy. Like that's the thing, like yeah. that's the Babylon living in me. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, so uh, there's there's an air on both sides, like at some sides of it, you know, there's a lot of Christians that are thermometers. Yep. They don't change the temperature of anything. They are merely affected by the environment around them. They just let you know what the temperature yeah, is. Yes. And that's all it is. And there's nothing. Then you have thermostats and they set the temperature. Right. But the problem is our enemy. He's not going to go over there like a kid, you know, playing pinball and just hit it 1900 times in a row. It's 50 and, degrees in here. And, it's not yeah. And try to turn it up or down as fast as he can and as quick as he can. Be slow. He's going to play the long game and just one, one degree, yeah. half a degree, quarter of a degree at a time, frequently apart. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be so nuanced, so slight. You won't even pick up on it. And until it's too late. And all of a sudden it's like, it is 77 degrees in here. It is hot. Who, what is going on? Yeah. Well, it went up eight degrees and you didn't even notice it until now. And you're too, and the, the things that you have to back down from because of that, like that's a long, hard road. Yeah. And you don't even know the, the pain and the destruction, not just into your own life, but those around you because of it. And cause he, he, he wants as much collateral damage as possible. So as he's hitting, you know, the, the temperature button on each of us, it's because he wants that to destroy our wives and our kids. And he's going to hit their thermostats and go up. And, and it's like, that's, we have to understand the subtle tease of it. And that's why we always need a realignment. So why do I need to be in the word every day? Cause that's how quickly we can be. If we need to be in the word daily, that means we can walk away. Mm -hmm. We can walk astray daily. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, we think about, you know, the times in my life that I hadn't been really heavily in the word and then, man, I've made it a week or two. And just even in two weeks, the trajectory that I was feeling in it, it just even my own personal mental environment, of, yeah. you know, my attitude and stuff like that. It's like, it's the same way that if I'm not in the word for two weeks yeah. how how drastically that can be different and we'll think oh it's only been a day it's not that big of a deal that's ah, only a couple of days i'll get back into it <coughs> and all of a sudden you look back and it's like it's been three weeks or then you look up and it's been six time. months yeah you know and it's like how quickly that can happen and it's just such it's and that's what's hard it's a slow fade but the moment like a 
you know, like a water on a dam. The mm-hmm. moment it, it'll start small, but the moment there's something, it is hard to stop. And that's why we need those spiritual disciplines to realign in our life. And we need to continually make that, you know, I want to be resolved, you know, uh, in my own heart, my own mind and my faith. I want to be resolved to it. So, yeah. It, it, this is one of those it's like here we go swinging for the fences you know it's gonna um, I don't know if I should talk about it here because I think it would be good so one of the things that hit me is Daniel chapter 1 says Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the things of Babylon right he resolved that I'm not going to do that and the word resolved means purposed in your heart, determined, decided. He made up his mind. Yeah. Before going into it. I'm, I'm make up my mind before I get into that. Where, you know, James tells us a double-minded man is unstable. And so one of the things that I wrote, some of us need to make up our minds. And there's far too many Christians playing the Christian hokey pokey. They put their right hand in, they put the right hand out, put the right hand in, shake it all about. They put their heart in, they take their heart out. They put their mind in, they Oof. pull their mind out, they put their heart back in, they put their mind back in. Like, and that's what we do. We play this dance and we just turn ourselves around and think it doesn't matter and we just keep doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. But how many of us are really playing Christian hokey pokey with the Lord? And the whole time he's standing there saying, I want to do a work in you, but you won't leave your heart in long enough for me to do that work for me to do that work. Cause the moment the scalpel touches the cancer, we pull it right back out. No, don't cut that out of my life. Lord. I like that. You can't do that. That's my job. Yeah. That's my position. That's my, you know, again, not sinful things, which those are definitely need to be cut yeah. out. But again, it's some of those good things that we don't want God to prune in our life to bring, like you said, not a bigger, but a more effective, a more Christ-like heart in us. Nope, don't touch that with the scalpel, Lord. I saw what you were doing there. I thought you were going to trim off over here and there, but, you know, no, I'm going to go after the thing that's causing the most destruction in your life. And I think sometimes we deceive ourselves in what we think that is. That thing brings me joy. Yep. Because how many times do we do that as Christians to other people? The work that we, we want. We don't ever do that. We don't ever do Never. that. We, we, you know, so let's have the conversation. How many times does the church look at a homosexual and say, yeah, they just need to get right with the Lord. They need to repent of their, of their sexual immorality. You mean like where we try to be the Holy Spirit? Yeah, there we go. Hmm. And it's like, what if that's not the greatest thing that the Lord wants to address right now can can we not just love them disciple them lead them to and allow the holy spirit to convict them like exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying we cannot be the holy spirit they're all in process but so many times we think the process to look the process has to look like this a b c d where again but we'll we'll say the we'll say the verse his ways are not our ways are his thoughts are not our thoughts until the lord wants to do something different than our ways and our thoughts and it's like, Lord, why don't you want to do it like this? Because I'm not you. Yeah. I've never been you. And if I did it your way, we'd all be lost. Yeah. I'm not doing it that way. And, it, and it's allowing him to address in the order in which he wants to do it. That's what it means to be surrendered. So not only into our own lives, we need to be okay with the process in each other's lives. Where it's like, man, do you, like, I hate this one, especially when you hear of couples and they're um, cohabitating and they're living together. They just need to get married already. I can't believe, do you know they're living together? And they've been coming to church here for so long and they're still living together. Why won't they? And it's like, I'm, I'm not saying it's not sin. I'm not saying homosexual is not sin. I'm not saying any of that. But it, could it be that maybe the Lord's doing it, doing something different yeah. and he's doing it in a different order? And there's purpose in that. Like there's nothing that the Lord does that is purposeless and, and could it, they are in process and can we be okay that that process is going to look different than our process? 
And, and we need to be okay with that even in our own lives where like we might come to the Lord and he's like, Lord, I want you to address A, B, and C. And he's like, no, no, no. We need to talk about one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. We're not then even we'll in get the, to, yeah, yeah. We're not even in the same language right now. You, you think this is your greatest issue. Oh yeah. I work too much and you know, I struggle with porn or, you know, you have all these issues and it's like, no, nah, we need to talk about other things. Yeah that are the greatest destructors right now. Like we'll get to those eventually. Yeah. And so it's, but again, are we willing to leave our heart in the hands of God to do a serious work in our lives? Are we just going to play the hokey pokey and take it right back out? And the resounding answer majoritively is no. Yeah. Cause we want the shake it all about. We want that big emotional, like, oh yeah, that, that was good. That wrecked me. I mean, how many times do you hear people walk away from a worship service? That wrecked me. No, it didn't. Because you're just going to go back and live Monday to Saturday the exact same way. Mm-hmm. If it wrecked you, there would be a repentance. There'd be yeah. a confession. There'd be, there, there would be a, a resolution within you, you know, just to walk out and you got wrecked by a service. If that's it. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. You know, you're just playing the hokey pokey and you just got, you just got, you shake it all about, turn yourself around. That's all that was. But there was no lasting impact. Mm. But how many times do we, uh, like I, I'm just like word vomiting now because I just keep thinking about it. But how many times do we as pastors that were more about playing the hokey pokey on a Sunday morning than we are trying to bring lasting discipleship in people's lives. Mm. You know, there's been a big, a lot of articles that I'm reading about, you know, how much attention is Sunday really getting and how much should it need? Mm. You know, if you're putting so much effort on the lights got to be this way, the music's got to be this way, the flow and all this. And it's like, if we're just working Sunday to Sunday, which Sunday's important, don't get me wrong. There's six other days in between Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we talk about, oh, just the emotionalism of a of a worship service and we and we slap people's hands that are like, oh, I just really felt the Holy Spirit and all this. And it's like, but how many of that is on us as pastors and leaders mm-hmm. to say, oh, we're going to try to create this emotional moment, which a, I believe a true work of God will have emotions. Now, you might not be just like beside yourself yeah. and bawling and crying. But I mean, even the temple and the tabernacle is built in a way to have, to have this emotional, but it's a holistic response to God, not just an emotional response to God. And I think that's what's key as well. So I know I'm, you can tell I'm getting fired up. We shouldn't do the breakdown before I preach because man, be like Nick. Sermon A and sermon B. (laughs) Nick is off the chain. Just wait. So that's good. But that's. And again, always just trying to make it personal for me. Like this is, this isn't something that I want to bring up that I'm removed from. Yeah. This is where I'm at. So not pointing the fingers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who was it? We said something Luke did Sunday. Um, so when you're hearing this two Sundays ago, he's like, you know, I've been thinking a lot about end times, maybe because we're in revelation, however he said that, but he used the term legacy. Mm-hmm which we've been talking about for something else. And he said legacy. And it was just like, that's been resonating more and more in my life. You know, I'm I'm getting a little older. My kids are getting older. And it's like, and I was even telling that with somebody I met today, like my son's 18 and I'm, I'm done parenting. Mm -hmm. Now I'm still his parent, still going to pour into his life, but like the raise up a child, like I'm that, that is pretty much completed. What kind of legacy did I put into him and and so even now like i only have i only have a few more years left on this planet mm-hmm. so going back to the shawshank quote yep. remember at the very almost the very end he's sitting in the courtyard with his friend red and he said either get busy living mm, or, or get, get busy, busy dying, dying. yeah yep. it's like dang but here's the beautiful part with christ it's both i need to get busy dying to my old self and I need to get busy living mm-hmm. for Jesus. Not to make like God in the movies type of yeah. mentality, but, but here it is. Here it is. There it is. You know. <laughs> but it's like we, we, we all, our life is but a mist. James tells us that very clearly. Our life is but a mist. How long are we going to wait until we get really serious about the Lord? Yeah. 
you know what how long is it going to take for us to get really resolved about it you know, and, and, and that just opens up so many conversations. Like I'd love to be a fly on the wall in all the life groups. Like, you know, that's where, you know, what's lawful, lawful, what's profitable. When are we going to get serious and quit trying to fight over what's lawful and really focus on what's profitable for the Christian life? Mm. You know, like when are we going to quit playing games and get serious, um, about what it means to be apprenticing Jesus. You know? mm, great word. I know. I think I stole that from you. It's my. It's my. It's my being resolved. Mm, it's <laughs> to, your resolved. Yeah. To it. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. There's there's going to be a lot here, and I think just trying to. All right, but what is what is that one thing? And I just hope we all walk away with that. Like, well, okay, where's that one thing? Because that's what you do. You identify the one thing, allow God to do a work. And the moment we think God's done a work in us, guess what he's ready to do? Another work. I'm ready to do another work in you. You know, that's where none of us have made it. We're not perfect. We're not, none of us have arrived. It's, it's just God's doing a work and he's doing another work in my life. And it's, you know, sometimes we want to think like, oh, I need a rest from it. Do we though? Mm. Do we really want to rest from that? Yeah, because it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) But think about, you know, on the other side of it, you know, look at the fruit of the spirit. If you looked at anybody in life and said, believe it or not, like you just be walking down the streets of wherever. Hey, do you want a life that's full of love? Do you want a life that's full of joy? Mm. Do you want to walk and have not just patience to those around you, but people being patient towards you? I mean, do you want goodness in your life? Like most people are going to say yes to that, you know? And it's like, that's the work that he wants to do because all of the spiritual disciplines, all this, this surgery is so that all the pruning in our life is so that the fruit of the spirit would be evident and be real. Like that's don't, don't stop the work at the pruning. Like a, a, a vine dresser doesn't go out and just prune vines just for the fun of it. He's looking forward to the fruit. Yeah, he's playing the long game. I want to see the fruit uh, being produced. I want that's and that's Jesus. He is pruning us, not just to prune, not just to have fun or like, oh, they're going to love this, you know, and chop that out of our lives. No, no, no. It's so that, and just read that the list of the nine characteristics, the nine attributes of the fruit of the spirit. That's what's going to come about when we allow Christ to do a work in our lives. That will be the thing that our lives are about. Mm -hmm. And we just have to keep reminding ourselves that's the better life that Jesus has for us on this side of glory, that side of glory. Absolutely. Yeah. But even on this side of glory, this is the better life that Jesus has for me. All right. I'm in cut away. Here's the scalpel. Slice and dice, baby. Let's go. Anyway. It'll be good, or it was good. Was good. Depending on which way <laughs> you look at it. But um, next week, should we tell them? No, okay. don't tell them. So we have a surprise next week. I think that'll break the record. Do you? I think it'll break the record next I'm, week. I'm very nervous. Are I, you? I am. Oh. I'll tell you why. When we when we turn the, the oh, when we press the record button, it's yeah, off. and we turn everything um, off. But yeah. everybody's like FOMO. What, are what they is saying? it? What are they saying in the yeah. studio? What are they talking What's about going right on? now? So yeah, we'll so. have a we'll have a surprise next week. We'll clue you in. Obviously, next week when you so tune in to listen. But great. thanks so much for listening. Hopefully, the message on Sunday was challenging, and impactful to you. Hopefully, the, the podcast episode was helpful. Uh, if you want to, feel free to share this or any episode with friend, family member, coworker, neighbor. Yeah. Your mom, your dad, your whoever. Can whoever I close with a weird thought? Let's go. Super weird thought. I, I would be surprised if it was okay. anything else. It, is God outside of time? Are you asking me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. God's outside of time, right? Okay. This is, I've had this thought before. Okay. Oh, great. <laughs> so when people hear this podcast, mm-hmm. I would have already preached the sermon. Yeah. C- correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Could I ask for prayer right now for the sermon that in real time I have not preached yet and they will only be called to pray after I've already preached it. But could somebody pray at right now, me asking for prayer, hey, pray yep. for me in preaching this sermon. 
could somebody pray for me even after and would God hear it now? Do you see where I'm going? I would say a hundred percent. Yes. Isn't that kind of a crazy thought to think about? So like, because it's it in real time, I, you know, so by the time they're hearing this, it's like, oh, I'm going to pray for Nick on that sermon that he already preached. I'm going to pray for it. But, but God's outside of time. So when he heard my prayer, the person listening, he heard God's prayer or God's prayer, a prayer to God next week, even though God's outside of time, could he apply it to this week? Let me, uh, let me answer your question very doc brown michael j fox get the hoverboard of prayer what's going on um 88 miles per hour does that's not that doesn't you know what i mean that's not a weird concept for me is that weird for me to say that like i don't struggle with that i think i i was wondering if people would like so like right now they're going to be listening to the podcast and i'm ending with hey could you guys pray for me for sunday not the sunday coming up because we get very linear but the sunday but the sunday before we're going to pray for an event that already happened but i asked for the prayer before it happened and real like that's the that's just not it's not weird to me it's yeah i was wondering we should do a poll. Is that weird? Yay or nay? We do. Well, yay or nay. I'll be on vacay, so I won't even know. Come back and be like, that's super weird, guy. <laughs> Everybody freaked out. <laughs> the text the- line blew up. <laughs> like, what the? You know. uh, because if we, can, if, we can, if we can pray for future events, why can't we pray for past events? Uh, okay, now, <laughs> now that's trippier when you say it that way. I know. Because, that's, yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm asking for. But I'm asking for future prayer for future events. But by the time they hear the, the call for prayer, the event that I'm asking for prayer has already taken place. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Because <laughs> now that I'm sitting presently in this time to go yeah. back in the past to pray yeah. for something... Is that like a one? Like it's okay if it's a one-off, but it becomes a consistent thing that we're only praying for the past. Like, yeah. is that I don't know? Isn't that weird? We just went out. This was the weirdest <laughs> rabbit hole that we ever. Oh, uh, if you haven't turned off yes. uh, the podcast by now, kudos to you. Uh, at least half a jewel in your crown in heaven. We'll talk to the Lord on, your <laughs> on that one. Let me know. Yeah, there's got to be something. But uh, um, thanks for joining. The yeah, crisis. how do you end that? That we're just. Because in mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis talked about, you know, the, the, he's answering the question, how can God hear everybody's prayer all in the same time? Yep. And it's a flawed analogy because everyone is that we try to uh, attribute to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's all anthropomorphic trying to get, yes, put man likes things on God so we can understand him a little bit better. He said, imagine an author writing a story. Yep. The man in the story is sitting down watching TV and then all of a sudden hears the doorbell ring. That moment in the story, one of the author got up, lived for 30 years. I remember this. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then comes back 30 years later, finishes Finishes. the story and says, and the man got up and went to the door, opened the door and there was Susie. Now to the man in the story that was watching TV and his doorbell rang, nothing changed to him. Yep. Because he's within that time, within that dimension. But unto the author of the story, 30 years had passed in that small little Mm -hmm. moment. Now, obviously, we can see the failure of the analogy because God is outside of time and the author in our story is within time, let alone the character within the story is within time. But giving that, trying to uh, uh, remove the time components uh, from God and the thing I was reading this morning. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if I even told you this yet. It might be the another thing. I, there was a few crazy things I was reading this morning. But the other thing was people ask, where's heaven? And we normally point up. We point up and stuff like that. And hell's normally down. And and so one of my favorite. I think it's to the left. Yeah, it's up and to the left. <laughs> um, one of my favorite apologetics guys was talking about when people ask that, he goes, my response is, why are we trying to add a spatial concept to heaven to a non-spatial being it is like oh i haven't thought about that that i know see there's more so so when i'm gone you can handle those i'll get on i'll I'll get right on that so there we go pray for me while i'm on vacation yeah you will be hearing that live that is real i'll be on vacation so that's not a weird back in time back to the future literally pray (laughs) nick is not outside of time he's still within the (laughs) 
So uh, next week we'll have a surprise for you. Amen. Um, it'll be great. It'll be wonderful. Tune in next week. Um, but we're going to turn the mics and the camera off and call this a day. So Amen. thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.